In the following live session recording, Scott Crow, pastor of discipleship and administration with Mount Zion Baptist Church in Snellville, Georgia, talks about the roles and responsibilities of a group leader. Leading a Sunday school class is not for the faint of heart. In this session, we will discover the roles and responsibilities of the person who has been called to lead a group. Let's join Scott now. So, thank you for coming. Like uh, Matt said, I am uh, Scott Crow. I am originally from North Georgia, Dalton area, and I have been uh, on staff at Mount Zion for uh, eight years now, and so, so thankful for it. Um, my role has changed several times, uh, but uh, thankful to be uh, there because I know that's where God would have me to be. So, And I hope you're in the same place uh, where you are. So I, I want to kind of do this. We just had supper, and it's kind of like after lunch, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you need to get up and move around a little bit and kind of get the energy stirred. And so here's what I'd, I'd like for us to do. I'd like for you to find two people that you don't know and share with them about your favorite Sunday school teacher ever. Might have been when you were a small child or maybe may right now. That's fine. So just stand up and move around and find two or three people and talk to them about your favorite Sunday school teacher. Okay, go. We'll take about seven minutes. Okay, let's come back together and um, tell me what you heard. Favorite Sunday school teacher and and why? Why were they your favorite Sunday school teacher? Somebody tell me what you heard from somebody else. They make it real. They, they, it's a personal thing that they may share, but they tie it in with a lesson and it makes it real. Okay, all right, that's good. Somebody else. And Sunday school as a young age can really have an influence on you. It can, yes. That Sunday school not only helps you grow, but it helps others grow as you share what you learn while you're in the class. Now, yeah. you're leaving there talking to somebody, but while you're in class, you can interrelate with each other about what you've learned mm -hmm. and, and that way you can all grow by just each sharing what, what yeah. we understand. That's good. Somebody else, favorite Sunday school teacher? The gentleman's Sunday school teacher was A.J. Morris. Okay. And he made his connection through sports. Okay. Yeah. Got, right, is that right? Got yeah. it down on, on his level. Whatever, whatever season was going on, we talked about it. And in fact, that was our our outing was um, a first hockey game. Wow, that's cool. So how old were you when that happened? Oh, probably about nine or ten. Wow, okay, mm -hmm. yeah. Good. Somebody else? Somebody, their favorite Sunday school teacher they're sitting under right now? Or? Well, I, I shared with James and Miss Webb yeah. that the teacher we have now he don't stand up there and, and, and just teach himself. Okay. The whole class participates. That's good. So we all share something yeah. in the lesson. Yeah, that's good. So interaction and being a part of what's going on. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you can think of, you know, several people that you have enjoyed as your Sunday school teacher through through the years and each for different reasons and so 
tonight, uh, what I kind of want to do is I want us to talk about uh, the roles and the responsibilities of Sunday school teachers. So I think, uh, how many of us are teaching a Bible study right now? Most of us, okay. A few of you Sunday school directors here, okay, all right. And so uh, anybody else with us in the class doing something else? Just had to come back. <laughs> Wanted to hear what that country boy had to say. All right. So thank you for sharing. I, 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 want, I want to begin uh, tonight kind of with us understanding. I'm not saying this is... I'm not saying this is fair. I'm just going to say this is the way it is. Okay? Um, that as a group leader, uh, we are called to a, a, a different level of commitment than anybody else. So here's what I, here's what I want, how I want to illustrate that. All right? Do y'all know what this is? Eggs. That's right. Bacon and eggs. I hope I have some bacon and eggs in the morning, don't you? Yeah. So everybody likes bacon and eggs for breakfast, and my wife tells me every now and then we're going to have bacon and eggs for supper. Oh, yeah. All right. So what does it take to have bacon and eggs? <laughs> right. It takes this this gal provides the eggs, and this one provides the bacon. bacon. All right. Yeah, that's true. Bigger sacrifice on that side. We're really now. You think so? There is a different level of commitment from Mr. Pig than there is from the chicken. Right? The chicken made a contribution. The pig made a sacrifice. There's a difference. Okay? So in the same way, there is a different level of commitment from the person who teaches or leads uh, a class or a group than someone who's just a member, all right? So I just don't want to use the chicken and the pig to illustrate this. Let's use the scripture, okay? So I'm going to get you to get up and move around again. Y'all are going to love me before this is over with. We've got to keep moving because we had supper, okay? So here, get, get with somebody you don't know, again, groups of two. Groups of two, okay? And give me about, oh, I don't know, two or three <laughs> groups on this side and two or three groups on this side. We're going to look up two different scriptures, all right? Where's my slide? Okay, on this side, if you're on this side, I want you to look up James 3, 1. And if you're on this side, I want you to look up Matthew five nineteen. So groups of two, two or three on this side. You ladies in the back, if y'all want to look up Matthew 9, that'll be good, okay? So, yeah, y'all do Matthew 5, 19. This group do James, just groups of two, groups of two, okay? I'll give you a few minutes. All right, here's what you're looking for. What does the Bible say about the standards, about the qualifications for a teacher? Okay? James 3, 1, Matthew 5, 19. Okay, so my folks that had James 3 1. Somebody want to read that for me? I'll read it here. You'll read it? Okay. 
Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Okay. So what do we, what do we hear from this verse about uh, the, the commitments, commitment of teaching God's Word? What did you all hear? Let you share that. Well, we said that, first of all, it tells us that we'll be judged on okay. what we teach. So therefore, secondly, we should have a higher standard and we'd, we should also have a higher expectation and commitment of ourselves okay. knowing that we are sharing the Word and that we're also teaching and answering questions and guiding them and giving them knowledge okay. that they may not have otherwise. <coughs> Therefore, we need to set our knowledge and of the subject and what we're teaching. It just needs to be a little bit more in depth than what okay. they would get just right. by reading a regular good. lesson. Somebody else? Okay. Yep. Me and James agreed that uh, ever who's teaching, our Bible teaches us about false teachers. If he's not teaching the true word, he's going to receive that greater condemnation. Okay. All right. And also that he has to be an humble man, a humble teacher, humble person. Okay. Not trying to lift himself up yes. because that greater okay. condemnation is there. And if he's not teaching the word, then he's uh, that condemnation is going to be much greater. On him. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Somebody else. This is a. Um, this is a warning, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Not many should become teachers. It's a warning. It's probably not the verse you're going to use when you go recruiting Sunday school teachers, <laughs> is it, Dusty? <laughs> we don't, do we? We don't talk about that. All right, Matthew five nineteen. Who wants to read that? All right. Whoever. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Okay. She's going to tell you what we think. That tell, tell me, Miss Betty. You have to know the scripture, obey the scripture before you teach the scripture. Okay, that's good. Know, obey, then teach. That's great. That's super. Anybody else? Any of the other groups got anything you want to add to that? We just talk about like it's uh, you know, kind of the practice what you preach. It is, yes. You can't be hypocritical about it. If you're going, like you said, if you're going to teach and be held to that higher standard, you have to, you know, you have to practice what you're preaching. Mm-hmm. Sure. Not just yeah. Yeah. So the one who um, teaches people the commands, but then breaks them, or breaks them, and then teaches people to break uh, break them, they're going to be least, mm-hmm. right? Okay. But the one who teaches people to keep the commands, or keeps the commands and then teaches, we've got to get that order correct. Thank you. Um, that they shall be great in the kingdom of heaven. All right? So I think these two verses kind of help us. And just hang out where you are because we're going to do one other little Bible study here in just a minute. They, they help us see that more is expected of a teacher, of a leader, than someone who just attends the class. All right? I'm going to read you two stories. And, and you tell me what's wrong with these 
with one of these pictures, okay? Mr. Brown is the principal of a local elementary school. He interviews Mrs. Jennings, who wants to teach the third grade class. Miss Jennings, he says, the school system requires for you to be a third, the, the school system requirements for a third grade teacher is you will need a college degree in elementary education. You will have needed to serve under, uh, you will have to serve under a qualified leader as a student teacher for a year, and we will need a background check and five references. Okay, that's story number one. Here's story number two. Mr. Brown is the Sunday school director at his local church. He is meeting with Miss Jennings to see if she will teach a third grade class. Miss Jennings is not sure she is capable of doing this. Mr. Brown tells her, Miss Jennings, we don't require much. We just need somebody who will occupy the kids and keep them from disrupting other classes. You know, don't let them make a bunch of noise and run up and down the hallway. And if you can, you can try to read a Bible verse to them and maybe have prayer, but it's not too hard. Hmm. What's wrong with that picture? Oh, it didn't take much qualification. <laughs> Pardon? It didn't take much qualification. It didn't, did it? No. Just babysit a little bit. And don't, don't have to know what you're doing. Right. I think the first thing that I see wrong with the picture is the person that's interviewing her doesn't have any spiritual understanding uh -huh. himself. Okay. Yeah, the, the, the recruiting process is all messed up, mm -hmm. isn't it? How how important? Third grade? Let me ask you this. How many of you were saved third grade or younger? I was. Right around that age. That, that's a lot of third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. A lot of people come to know Christ during that time. And all we want to do is kind of keep them in the chair, keep them occupied, read a Bible verse every now and then. Something wrong with that picture. At that age, they lack a sponge. They are. Yes, ma'am. They are. What, what does this say to us about giving our best? Is Mr. Brown expecting Miss Jennings to give her best? Not really, is he? No. He's looking for a warm body, not a teacher. Somebody with a pulse. Somebody with a pulse, yeah. We talked about that in the last class, didn't we? All right. So, so the Bible definitely holds us as teachers uh, to be uh, more accountable. But, but what does the Bible even say to us about um, the cost of being a disciple? Here's a couple other verses you can look up. Okay, Same groups. You can use same groups. This side, Matthew 6.33, and this side, Luke 9.23 and 24. Okay? I'll give you a couple of minutes to look those up. What, what, does, the, what does the Bible say to us about Discipleship in general, and how does that apply to being a teacher? Okay, can I get can I get someone from the back to read six Matthew six thirty three? Yep, you read it. Okay. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What comes first, sir? What comes first? Seek what? The kingdom of God. Not, not second, not third. First, kingdom of God. So if a leader, if a leader doesn't do that, who's going to do it? Yeah. 
we, we, as we stand before our classes and teach, we got to seek the kingdom of God. Put God, God's agenda before our agenda. I've saw people get that out of order before. Mm-hmm. Have you? Mm-hmm. And they were after their own agenda and not mm-hmm. God's agenda. Okay? So we as leaders, we have to personify discipleship and then help produce others that do the same. All right? Luke 9, 23, 24. Somebody want to read that? Dusty? And he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily to follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Okay. What does that verse say about discipleship? The biggest thing is deny yourself and take up your cross daily. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Taking it up every now and then, that's one thing, but this we we make a list but he plans it. Pardon? We make may we make a list but he He plans it. He plans it, yeah. Okay. And I was just telling her it's amazing how the more we have things that we plan to do for that day. Yeah. Now he changes it completely. Yeah. Before the day's over. Sure, that's true. That's true. All right, so deny ourselves. Does that remind you of the chicken or the pig? That's the spirit of the pig, isn't it? Denying himself, giving his life so that we can have breakfast. Right? All right. So uh, now that we've kind of seen that we as a leader, as a disciple, are called to a higher, higher standard, I want us to talk for the kind of the remainder of our time about the role that we play as as the group leader, okay? So I, I see our role, and this is this is not this is not something that I came up with. I want you to know that to begin with. Um, uh, Alan Taylor has used this, and then uh, Dave Francis and um, Ken Brady have also used it. It's the idea that our role as a leader is that of teacher, shepherd, and leader, okay? It's, it's a threefold role, okay? Now, a lot of us, when we sign up, so to speak, uh, to be a, a, a Bible study leader, we, we, we're good with this. We understand this teacher part, but there's two other things, and I didn't know that thing was going to move like that. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, there's also the role of the shepherd and the role of the leader, okay? So what I want to talk about with each each of these are the responsibilities that we need to accept, the relationships that we need to build, the routines that we need to rehearse, and the ruts that we need to avoid, okay? You're going to say that again. I am going to say that again. Responsibilities to accept, relationships to build, routines to rehearse, and ruts to avoid. Okay? There's some with each of these. So, in the next little bit, we're going to talk about what that looks like. Okay? So, let's begin with the role of the role of the teacher. This is most likely, if you're a teacher, this is most likely the role that you signed up for. 
This part we understood. Okay. Now, if you're if you're a Sunday school director, this is going to help you in recruiting. I promise it will. Okay. So uh, number one responsibility uh, for the teacher is to guide the group Bible study experience. Okay. This will include knowing the characteristics of the group you lead, okay? And understanding the needs and challenges of their particular life stage. Did y'all know this? You don't teach third graders the same way you teach 30-year-olds, do you? Or 60-year-olds. Or 60-year-olds. Third graders' needs are a lot different. You don't teach 30-year-olds the same way you teach 60-year-olds. Every generation is different. And so your responsibility in guiding uh, the group Bible study is, is knowing who you're teaching, knowing the crowd that, uh, that you are responsible um, to teach, okay? That's responsibility number one. Okay? Alright, when it comes to relationships, as a teacher, your most important relationship as a teacher is your relationship with God. If your relationship with God is not growing, through Bible study and prayer, more than likely your group won't be growing. You, you as we as leaders can't teach people to go where we ourselves have not been. So what I encourage my teachers to do is as they study, as they're preparing for their lesson, Make notes on how God is speaking to them through their study because more than likely he's speaking to others in the same way, especially if you're teaching your same, uh, somebody of your same age group because our life experiences are very similar. We go through the same things in life. I, I, this, this past year, um, we have, uh, me and Loretta have had to deal with uh, things with our parents that we have never had to deal with before. Her dad in December, 1st of December, had uh, heart surgery. My dad had uh, a stroke on Christmas morning. We, had, we, we have been trying to care for our parents uh, since that time. But people in my age group are, are doing that as well. We, we, we go through life stages and a lot of times the people that, uh, that you teach and that I teach, they're, they're going through the same thing you're going through. So as you study and God speaks to you through um, His Word, more than likely He's speaking, going to be speaking the same way as somebody else. Uh, you, you have to teach from the overflow of what God is doing in your life. It becomes more personal that way. Okay? So your most important relationship is your relationship with God and hearing what He's saying to you as you study His Word.
Okay. The routine, the most important routine for the teacher is to prepare early. So when you get your, I don't know what curriculum you use, but if you get your lesson ahead of time, the first thing I do when I, when I get my Bible lesson is I look at the whole quarter first so I can kind of get in my mind where we're going all right a lot of times if you do um, I don't know what you use Bible studies for life or explore the Bible if you lose use Bible studies for life you normally there's two three at the most units in each in each book I, I, I look at each one and I kind of get a, a flow of where we're going over the next few weeks if you're Re, uh, doing a explore the Bible, you get an Old Testament book or a New Testament book. Okay, if I'm teaching explore the Bible, I start reading through that book before uh, before the um, quarter begins. Prepare early. Examine the flow of the unit. Get the big picture of the session and how they all fit together as you are going to be uh, studying uh, the the unit. Okay, the time to start preparing for the next lesson is the day after the one you just finished. So read the passage in several translations. Begin to meditate on it. Start thinking about um, stories, illustrations, uh, object lessons, quotes that you can use in the lesson that's coming up. And it's better to do a little bit every day. Just work on a little bit every day. Now, why not start the lesson the day that you just completed? Because on that day, what you need to do is reflect. Sunday afternoon rolls around and you've done had your big lunch and took your little afternoon nap. Stop sometime Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening and just review reflect on the lesson from that morning figure out what worked well figure out what you could have done better make notes about what worked and what didn't work and then move on put that lesson behind you okay does that make sense is that good so don't just jump into the next one think about the lesson you just taught okay the last uh, thing with teaching is um, the rut to avoid. I'm going to camp out here a little bit. Y'all okay with this? The rut to avoid with teaching is using the same teaching method every time your class meets. We are creatures of habit, aren't we? And we like... We, we like what we like. We like to do things the same way over and over. I think that's one reason we're Baptist. But Jesus was the master teacher, wasn't he? Did he always teach the same way? No. He used questions. He used discussion. He used 
parables. He used object lessons. How would you like to have been on the Sea of Galilee when he reached over and pulled a coin out of the mouth of a fish? Wasn't that an object lesson? He lectured, He did lecture from time to time, but every time Jesus was teaching, he, he, he used different methods. I want to show you this um, chart that I think is very uh, interesting, okay? So this kind of helps us to see this talks about how our students um, retain the lesson based on how they're involved, okay? All right. So if, I wish I had these come up one at a time, but if they're just hearing, kind of like what I'm doing now, this is not my favorite way to teach, okay? Just kind of lecture. They're maximum learning is about 15%, okay? So if you're just if you're just listening to me and you're not involved at all, you're only going to retain about 15% of what I say, okay? But if you're seeing 15 to 40%, now some of you are making notes, so you can go back and you can look at this again, all right? But if you're discussing, you're going to remember 40 to 70% of what we have been talking about. You know what you're going to remember more than me talking? You talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Y'all talking about that Bible verse a minute ago. You're going to remember that. All right. Trying 70 to 90%. Okay? In our last session, we did this thing. Well, we took a verse and got in groups and we wrote some stuff up on the board. You're going to remember that even more than just discussing in your group. All right? Doing 90 to 100%. Do you see how much the learning goes up when your listeners or your students are more involved in what's going on? You've got to get them involved. We have to get them involved for them to be able to retain what the Bible is teaching us, okay? So here's a phrase I want you to write down. Please understand my heart. The worst teaching method is the one you use every week. If you're in the rut of lecture, and you do that every week. You can get in the rut of just, you know, class discussion can become a rut. The worst teaching method is the one you use every week. So keep it different. Keep people involved in what's in what's going on. Okay? Everybody good? Alright. We're moving on. So so we understand signing up to, to, to be the Bible teacher, but now we got this other thing. Shepherd. What do you think about when you think about a shepherd? Somebody that leads sheep. Is that something you want to do, Mike? No. No? <laughs> sheep stink. <laughs> sheep stink, don't they? That's true. And they're not very smart. They're not 
very smart, all right? Anybody else want to sign up to lead sheep? They don't listen. They don't? No, they don't listen, all right? But yet, when we accept the responsibility of the group leader, not only are we called to teach, but we're also called to shepherd. Proverbs 27, 23 says, Know well the conditions of your flocks. So if I'm going to be a teacher, if I'm going to be a shepherd, I have to know my people. I have to know my people. Your group, your class, is more than a group that meets for Bible study. It's a flock that you shepherd, that you care about between each class meeting. Okay? That's the responsibility of the shepherd. Okay? Your relationship in being a shepherd is knowing the individual needs of each class member. Okay? Knowing knowing those people by name. You know these these name tags really help, don't they? So, I mean, I'd encourage you to get name tags. But, but you'll easily begin to remember people's names as they come in the door. It's, this is okay to wear a name tag, all right? Um, but everybody loves to hear their name called, don't they? Yeah. It says something. I, I try to do, I, I try to do, people told me I, I have the gift of remembering people's names. I don't know if that's a spiritual gift or not, but uh, when I meet somebody in the hall at the church, I try to call them by name. It drives me crazy when I can't remember their name. Uh, but uh, being able to call somebody's name is important. Th this was interesting. I read this about sheep, and I did not know this. But sheep have terrible eyesight. They have terrible eyesight. However, they have an excellent sense of hearing. And they learn to listen for the voice of their shepherd. So at night, when the, when the shepherd uh, would put his sheep in the, in the pen with several other flocks, the sheep learned to hear the voice of their shepherd and the next morning all he has to do is come and call mm -hmm. and they follow. Does that remind you of a Bible verse? John 10, 27. My sheep know me. My sheep hear my voice. They know me and they follow me. Your, your people will do the same. They will learn from the care that you exhibit from them. They will learn that you're the shepherd and that you care uh, for them. Depending on the size of your group, you, you may need care group leaders to help you with this responsibility. Okay, But it does not diminish your role as a shepherd in the group. Okay, So what I encourage people to do, if, you're, if you have three or four care group leaders in the group as the teacher, you are the care group leader's leader. Okay? You keep up with them and you communicate with them each week. And if there's somebody in the group that in their group that really, really has a need, you as the teacher call. 
you make the call. Okay? People love to hear people love to hear from their teacher as much or more than hearing from their pastor. You know that? I mean I'm not I, I am a pastor, but it, it does my heart good to go to the surgery of a church member and their life group leader has already beat me there. It doesn't bother me one bit. They would just assume them be there to meet you up. Um, it, it means so much uh, to people. So as a shepherd, your routine is to contact your group members or care group leaders every week. Keep in touch with your people. Keep track of their needs. Keep track of their prayer request. And the rut is to become mechanical or complacent in your contacts. So, what I'm saying with that is, don't always do the same thing. Um, when I had a class, last time I had a class, I, I would sit... I would sit in my easy chair on Saturday night and I'd try to think about my group and what, what had happened this week. And of course, uh, we all have these things, don't we? And we probably all have Facebook. And I mean, it don't take much to keep up with people. So you can go through Facebook and see what's going on. And you may go through there and comment on some stuff that people have said during the week. That means a lot. That's why they have Facebook. So people can comment, like stuff, you know, but I'd sit down there and look at my group and I'd send a few text messages to people. Hey, excited about tomorrow's Bible study lesson. Hope you're able to come. Yep, we'll be there. I had one guy in my class who was, um, he was building a sailboat in his basement. He's about finished with it. Um, but I, I'd sit, I'd sit there, and I comment. I either send him a text or a Facebook message about, "Hey, I've seen, I've seen you uh, building your boat. The pictures on Facebook. It looks so good. Keep them coming." And that just let them know that I cared. You know, it didn't take much. So avoid the, avoid the rut of just doing the same thing every week. Contact them differently. Send them a card. Uh, first week send them a card, second week send them a text or a phone call, third week do something else and then every now and then I would give them a week off you know just to kinda give them a break alright so that's that's the shepherd's responsibilities last but not least you're not only a teacher you're not only a shepherd but you are also a leader. A lot of times, Matt and I were talking about this before the class started, a lot of times we, we understand our role as teacher and my job is to stand up here or lead the Bible study lesson. But a, a Sunday school class is about more than just the Bible study lesson. Now understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying the Bible study lesson is not important. That's not what I said. The Bible study lesson is part of the class. Caring for the class is part of the class. But leading the class to fulfill um, the Great Commission is another part of the class. 
and it takes even more responsibility. So here's a few things. As the leader, your responsibility is to organize, the, organize your group or your class to accomplish its mission. Now, your church may have a mission for Sunday school, and that's good. I would say your responsibility is to help your class fulfill that mission, whatever it is, probably related to the Great Commission, okay? So what I did with, or what we did uh, at Mount Zion was uh, we, we branded, if you will, our Sunday school groups and began to call them life groups instead, okay? Now, uh, I, I did that for, uh, for the purpose of helping the groups see that there was more to the class than just Bible study, all right? So life stood for something. It stood for loving people, investigating God's Word, fellowshipping with others, and evangelizing the world, L-I-F-E. Did you get that? Loving people, investigating God's Word, fellowshipping with others, and evangelizing the world. And I organized my class around that, okay? So for loving people, I had a care coordinator who was responsible, of, who was responsible for taking care, of, taking care of the people, the in-reach, care group leaders, whatever, okay? Investigating God's Word as the teacher, that was one of my main responsibilities, but I also had an apprentice who was... Uh, helped me with that, okay? For fellowshipping with others, I had, uh, some of you got this from the previous class, I had a party planner. Somebody who was responsible for keeping the class, you know, uh, together outside of the Bible study group. And for evangelizing the world, um, I had an outreach leader. And that person was responsible for you know, helping us pray for the lost. That person was kind of helped us keep a mission project in mind. So I, what, I, what I wanted to do with that was to keep the purpose of the group in front of them. Okay? Everybody good? All right. So my responsibility was to organize the class to accomplish the mission. My relationships kind of broadens here a little bit as a leader you you got your relationship with God has got to be important got to be foremost your relationship with your family is very very important I I, I dare say that a leadership a, a leader's credibility is damaged more if something goes wrong in his family or her family you've seen it before so keep your relationship with your family a priority. As the group leader, as the leader of the group, your relationship with lost people is very, very important. We, we have a tendency to put ourselves in this Christian bubble, and all we do is spend time with Christian people. And we don't build relationships with lost people. That's not what Jesus did. 
he went out of his way to encounter lost people. And we gotta we gotta do the same, okay? So God, family, lost people. And then I would say that as a leader, you having someone who is a mentor to you is very important. Some and maybe it's a Maybe it's a Sunday school teacher who's more experienced. Uh, maybe it's your Sunday school director or your minister of education, discipleship uh, person, whoever. But you having someone that you can talk to and that you can bounce ideas off of and, and, and kind of get refreshed from is a great idea. Okay? A lot of relationships there to keep in mind. Okay. Everybody good? The routine for the leader is reading leadership books, reading uh, blogs, articles, other things that can help you teach. If you do the if you do the Lifeway uh, curriculum, there's a lot of online resources available. For you to be able to um, to access, you, you just gotta stay up on that stuff. Okay, so the reading routine is important, and the reproducing routine is important. Okay, and when I say that, I'm talking about two two different things. Number one, I'm talking about launching new groups. Okay, birthing new groups, whatever term. You, you use the ability to start uh, a new group helps breathe life into the church um, and to you as a leader or your apprentice, whoever takes uh, that new group. Uh, groups have a life cycle of about 18 to 24 months, okay? And so if there's not some kind of if there's not some kind of change, maybe change in the leadership or a new class birth or, or something, the, the group can become very inward focused. And it, and it really becomes a closed group. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Uh, but somewhere 18 to 24 months, you need to be sending people out, so to speak. And that's really the next thing, not only launching new groups, but releasing new leaders, okay? I've actually had, I've had teachers get mad because we come and ask them, somebody in their class to go serve in a children's department or in the student ministry. But that, that's a positive reflection on your group. When, when, when you can be seen as the, as the group who has uh, enough leaders that people can be sent out, celebrate that. Send, send them out as missionaries to the children's department, to the student ministry. Nothing wrong with that at all. Okay, so reading, reproducing, that's the routines. And the rut, uh, the ruts are three ruts. I'll give them to you real quick and then we'll be through. We'll get you out by 8.30, before 8.30. Uh, the rut is the closed group rut. You know the difference between an open and a closed group? An open group, which is what Sunday school is supposed to be, is a group where uh, somebody, uh, a, a new attenders are expected every week, and they can just 
They can just or a guest can walk in the door and pick up where everybody else is on the Bible study lesson. Okay, that's that's a that's an open group. When we become inward focused, our group becomes closed. Okay, when we're when we're doing the Bible study, we want to do, and and it's kind of I, I I've had to fight this before, where I, I kind of noticed that the that the um, curriculum wasn't being used. You know what I mean? I bought 25 books, and yeah. five weeks in, they were still 25 books sitting over here. Uh, well, we're just do we're just doing a verse by verse study of this book. Well, I'm not against verse by verse study. I just don't want you to do that in Sunday school mm -hmm. because somebody can't just come in and join your study. They missed the verse last week. That's, that's not Sunday school. You want to do that, that's fine. Do it at your house. <laughs> Don't do it on Sunday morning. All right. The closed group rut. Um, the, I said this in the last class. The bigger is better rut. Big, bigger is just bigger. And it creates its own issues. And I, I'm not against classes getting bigger. Don't hear, don't, don't hear me saying that, but... A lot of times we think just because it got bigger that it got better. That's not true. Okay. Again, the the issue, the 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 main thing is is spiritual growth, not numerical growth. Okay. And then last is the active attender rut, thinking that I only need to care about the people who are active on my role. And that the ones who are not attending or the ones that haven't attended yet don't really matter. Everybody good? Okay. A lot of times that happens. We forget about those people that we hadn't seen in a few weeks. I always love it when somebody comes and says, Hey, will you take will you take so and so off of my role? Why? Well, I hadn't seen them in about a month two months. Well, have you contacted them? Well, no, I hadn't. I said, let's contact them first. And then I have, I've, had, I've had people before they've been on the road for a year and they hadn't showed up. And I, I, I did this one time. I got argued with enough that I took the person off. They showed up the next week. <laughs> so uh, don't 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 assume that only those that are active are going to attend. Those who are inactive or those that you invite, they'll, they'll attend. Okay. All right. So after understanding teacher, shepherd, leader, which is your favorite and why? Do you have a favorite? Somebody want to share? It has to be a shepherd because they take care of the ones that, that can't take care of themselves. Okay. All right. Shepherd, that's good. Anybody else? I have a least favorite in the fact that it's not the easiest. It's not the easiest. Sure. Yeah. Teaching and shepherding are easy for me. The leader part. It's hard. Is the hard part. Yeah. It is hard. I would agree with that. Yeah. It is hard. It is hard. I'm not to teach in the class, but if somebody's out, I check on them. 
Okay, so you're 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 in that shepherding role, yeah. But you keep your teacher informed of those people, don't you? Yeah. See, that's a great way to do it. That's one thing we do in a class. We have one person in particular that we list all of our people that uh, that need shepherding. Yeah. That that may be out sick, that's having problems, whatever. Yeah. And we always each week we list those names down. A copy is made of those lists and given to each each student in the, in the class. Plus, we have one person that's their role is to call and contact all these people. As good. Well. That's good. That's good. Well taken care of. Yes, Matt. I tell our folks that I think some of the best life group of ours, like teachers, are not people with a spiritual gift of teaching, yeah. but the gift of shepherding. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I've seen that many, many times. Now, one thing you did mention, and it's something I think that we might be lax at, and that's the inactive role. Uh, when we look at our class as far as an active role, we know pretty much every week who's going to be there, yeah. just about every week. But there's a good many that's on that inactive list, and maybe we don't put enough attention towards that inactive yeah. list and contact some of these people, you know, and, and make an effort to find out is there a problem, you know. What sure. <clears throat> yeah. So we had a we had a um, we had a revival not uh, too awful long ago, four or five years ago. And one of the things we did was we had uh, we put together a calling team, and we had uh, a group of about five or six people just kind of go mm -hmm. through the church row and, and call people, let them know that there was a revival coming on. Well, w one of, one of the guys who showed up for that revival was the guy who had been dropped from somebody's role because he hadn't been there forever, and all it took was a phone call about a revival. And the guy started, they'd been coming ever since. It just, something happened, and he got out, and don't know why, but one phone call is all it took. It doesn't take much. People just want to know that they, they cared. You know, another way to, to do the active attender thing, uh, inactive attender thing, is, you know, give those to somebody else who's starting a paper class, and let them call them. Let them start their own group with oh, a list of folks that hadn't been in forever uh, is one way to do that. Okay, I'm going to um, send this around. I didn't make a sheet for you to take notes on, so I may have slipped up and said something you want to remember or, or want a copy of. If you want to put your name and your email address on here, I will email you my notes. Okay, uh, but you know, if you don't, won't hurt my feelings. I'll I'll cry a little bit, get over later. Uh, but if y'all just pass that around, I'll be and be, make sure Matt gets it at the end. We'll be good. Okay, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to um, to to share tonight with these folks. Thank you for their attention, uh, Lord. We just pray that you would help us to be uh, the best group leader uh, that we can be for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you all so much.